and welcome to another episode of Tribunal of the Grid, where we talk about all things Power Rangers, including the actors that play them. My name is Brandon. I am Lena. And I'm Will. And today we are going to be talking about, you know, a little, we're going to be talking about a little piece of movie, you know what I'm saying? We are going to be covering the prom, you know, we'll start, well, it does have Nico Greetham in it from Power Rangers Ninja Steel as Calvin. He will be playing a character named Nick. Nick. <laughs> yes, Nick. I almost forgot his name because this okay. name was rarely ever said. They but, never uh, say it. Never. They never really say it, right? Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> But yeah, so we'll be covering that because, of course, it is Pride Month. So we will be talking about that. And we'll be also covering a little bit of unworthy news. But first, before we get into any of that stuff, um, I just want to make everybody aware. Once again, we are on Apple Podcast. So... Please, 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 please like, listen, comment, subscribe, do all the wonderful things, and give us five stars, please, 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 please. We really need it. Um, well, well I'm not, I don't want to sound desperate, but like it would help. Like, <laughs> it would mean, help us so much. I mean, we are we are begging here, though. We are. <laughs> I mean, I say it every week, and it's like, you know, like, uh, come on, guys, please. We really appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, um, please do that. And also, once again, we were also going to be reading comments, well, a comment that we got from off our YouTube page. So, once again, please keep on leaving us comments and everything. We really appreciate it. Um, so, this comment comes from Derek Hervey. And he says, hey, I'm pretty sure he didn't say it like that, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) hey, um, thanks for the shout out. I'm glad your crew got some interest in the Battle Strike Team series from China. I think another series outside of Super Sentai, Power Rangers, or even Kamen Rider to look into, if you haven't, if you haven't known about, is the Takara Tomi Tomika Rescue Hero series. Yes. Tomiko, Tom, Tomika Hero, Tomiko, T- Tomika, oh, Tomika, Tomika, Tomika. Wow, I can't read today. Yes, that. Uh, <laughs> Hero Rescue Series um, featuring Rescue Force and Rescue Fire, which both series tie into each other. Um, fun, interesting watches that you can view with good English subtitles. Yes, actually, they do have really good English subtitles. Keep up the phenomenal work, crew, and look out for me in the acting world. All right, actor! Go ahead, sir! That is so cool! Moving moving forward, blessings all. Oh, thank you so much, Derek. We really appreciate it. Thank Thank you. And also, yes, um, now, once again, I, I, I hate to sound like the biggest nerd of the group, but <laughs> yes, I also know about um, Rescue Fire and uh, and Rescue Force. Um, those two series are pretty good. I, I actually enjoyed Rescue Fire a lot more than Rescue Force, um, but they actually do have very cool special effects. Um, and I think the suits actually look better on Rescue Fire too. Um, but de- definitely, guys, check it out. Um, it's a pretty cool show. Um, so basically, um, as a, I guess, kind of like a 
a quick explanation of the show. Um, it's kind of like a rescue kind of force kind of thing where they, um, the first one is mainly the group of heroes who are also kind of like um, emergency people. So you have like your firefighters, your paramedics um, and things of that nature. And they all kind of like are like power rangers in a way. Sounds like light but they, speed. Oh, I like speed. Yeah, light yeah speed. It's, speed. exactly. It's basically kind of like light speed. Um, that's pretty much exactly what it is. Um, but only like the suits are very much, um, they look kind of like, um, almost kind of like firefighter suits, but more stylized like Power Rangers. But not like the, um, Lifesaver candy that Lifesaver got. <laughs> no, 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 nothing like that. Nothing like that. Like, I, I've always found that to be so weird. It's like, they look like umbrellas. I'm like, yeah. why do y'all look like that? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> That too. Like, they look like umbrellas. <laughs> they look like umbrellas. I'm like, y'all look dumb. But uh, <laughs> I was never a fan of those suits. Some things, oh, those things are ugly. But um, but yeah, they um, that's what is given. They actually look pretty cool. Um, and they're they're I actually love their um, I actually love their. Um, their weapons a lot more. Like their weapons and their mecha is really freaking cool, and they have really good CGI. So um, you can tell like these people because I don't think Toei produced this show. Um, I want to say um, Tomika, their their brand actually produced the show. So like I guess they have more of a budget, and um, they really you know they really put their big toe into it because it looks really good. Um, especially Rescue Fire. Rescue Fire looks beautiful. Um, so yeah, I, if you haven't heard of it or anything like that, I would definitely say check it out. Um, and yeah, he's nice. right. It is pretty good. Nice, nice. Lots of things yeah. for us to watch. I know, right? Like <laughs> he keep it up. Well, we won't even be able to review these movies and stuff that we'd be trying to review. <laughs> Right? Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> but yeah, so we're going to go ahead and mosey on over to talk about Power Rangers Unworthy News because basically, yes. Yes. listen. Oh, we've been waiting so, for. Okay, we've been waiting for like right. a year. Yes. Yeah. Oh my like a decade, God. Okay? A whole decade. I've aged. <laughs> Every ah! 10,000 years, I'm free. <laughs> and if you have not noticed that voice in the background, that is Jordan. <laughs> so we also have Jordan joining us today just to, just to kind of talk a little talk a little bit of unworthy news because that trailer did drop and it it is a hell of a trailer. Oh. I, I have to say it's one damn good trailer. Last, so like, one minute of my life. I'm telling you. <laughs> Telling you. So, Jordan, for the people who don't know who you are, I mean, of course, people know who you are. I mean, you're, you're, well, you're, I mean, you're like, if blurred they vision. Know, like, they know. They don't. <laughs> they know, don't know who what, you are. <laughs> it's, I mean, if they don't, I don't know what you're doing here. Go do your homework. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know. But, hey, like, for the ones who don't know, like, let the people know who you are. Okay. Well, first of all, I just want to say thanks for having me. Like, uh, having me back, rather. It's been a while, but you know, yeah, glad I can be here. <laughs> talk to you guys. Chop it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm Jordan, uh, aka the Blurred Vision on social media. Um, I am the creator, writer, producer, costume designer, editor. Uh, I've got a lot of hats, but I, I'm the guy that basically is the motivating force behind Unworthy. Um, also, Unworthy Productions on Instagram. 
um and youtube you know you guys, you guys know all that stuff <laughs> but yeah i mean um yeah that's that's the gist of it oh, i also do a podcast every week with uh my friend michael aka black gay comic nerd um check him out too i thought it was black gay comic geek Oh, I said nerd. Wow. Don't tell me I said that. You <laughs> 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 will destroy me. <laughs> so I was like, wait a minute. That doesn't sound correct. Like, yeah, I somehow confuse black nerd with black gay comic geek. Oh, man. He is going to be pissed. <laughs> He's going to kill you. He's definitely going to kill you. Oh, uh, <laughs> but thank you so much for being back we really appreciate it. it it has been a while but you know you you're here and we and we're glad you're here um so first of all first of all before we even i just got one question i just got one question so we already kind of had a kind of like a mm, a i guess uh kind of like a uh, what's the word I'm, I guess I'm trying to say? Um, we've kind of had a, a kind of like a uh, unveiling in a sense of what's about to happen. Mm. I know that is totally not the word I want to use, but couldn't think of it. Um, we kind of already have that kind of like question of like, okay, is this going to happen? Is that going to happen? Episode four is basically, basically going to be a full out like a full out basically seeing exactly what happened with the chrono ranger and his you know and his background right yeah so this episode is kind of like a detour away from the um the main events or like the main storyline of unworthy where now we're going to be delving into the background of the mysterious silver time force ranger that showed up in episode three um mm-hmm. aka the chrono ranger um he dropped a lot of hints about his backstory in some of his dialogue in episode three to the two and eight rangers so we're going to be kind of exp- and it, it's kind of reference to that um in the very beginning of the trailer where mm-hmm. kim kind of talks about like oh you said you remind i reminded you were a mentor was that what do you mean by that um so we're going to be kind of delving into that like what does that really mean and who was his team and how what was his first encounter with the the arbiter and how did he get that robotic arm and even how he got that cape like so all the little details that you you might know or love from episode three of the Chrono Ranger. Um, we'll see in episode four, literally titled the Chrono Ranger. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all, all, basically all flashback. And it's, it's also our longest episode yet. So strap in for a long ride. Well, okay. First of all, you said the word that I was wanting to say, hints. Thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that one small, simple word that was tripping me up. Oh my God. <laughs> Um, and yes, um, so, okay, because, so, yeah, you did kind of hint at, you know, some some stuff in episode three um, with everything. So, yes, so we kind of have an idea of what's going to go down. We're just going to actually see it happening. Yes. It's- yeah, we're going to basically elaborate on the little hints we dropped in episode three. Got you, got you, got you, got you. Now, first of all, I... The stunt work, because like I've been watching the whole process, mm. the whole process, like the entire time. Like, yes, I've been I've been like, you know, snooping around on the, <laughs> on the IG stories and being like, hmm, what's going on? Like, what are they doing? <laughs> you know, kind of being a fly on the wall. Yeah. And from what I've been seeing, 
it's going to be very stunt heavy. Like this episode is going to be like very action packed, very stunt heavy. Am I correct in assuming that? Yeah. When I say the episodes are longest episode yet, it's not. Granted, it does I think have the most dialogue in terms of character interaction. Um, okay. You got two great actors, uh, Damali Ross, who's got our Gold Ranger, um, Mari Walker, and uh, Logan Raposo, who plays the Chrono Ranger underneath the mask. Um, Jeffrey Ray's voices voices the Chrono Ranger, but the mm-hmm. person behind the mask is Logan, Logan Raposo. So like, they, there's a lot of acting in episode four, but okay. what I think makes episode four our longest episode is definitely it's the most action packed. You kind of see it in the trailer. The reason why it's yeah. not like I'm putting, I, I didn't do that thing where Hollywood throws in all the best scenes in the trailer and it's like, oh, well, now I see the episode and I've seen all of it in the trailer already. Um, that's a, literally a small sample of what you're going to see in the episode when it comes to oh. action. Like, it's only, I only put some of the cog stuff in the trailer, but we didn't even touch on anything with the, with Vengex, anything with the Vengex Ranger or anything with the Arbor. So all that stuff is going to be in the actual episode. And when I tell you it is next level when it comes to stunts, like, and like I said before, you see it with the cogs and the, the the amazing stunt crew we had on set for episode four. Oh they yeah, so epic! Like dude, falling off freaking like that's all that's not CGI or VFX. Like that falling off that scaffolding that's real. Getting thrown into that um that 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 co- like that metal column that's real. There's even more stunts they do that, that isn't in the trailer. But yeah, like the stunt people that worked on this episode are so talented. Um, and same goes for even though you don't really see any of it in the trailer, the same goes for and. And beyond for uh, Whitey Sky Jones, who plays Vengex in episode four, he takes that role to the next level. And I tell you, I'm not one to exaggerate. I've said this on the podcast, my own podcast, many times. Okay, people always think like, ah, oh, he's just he's just trying to like market it, or he's just trying to to sell it. But no, I don't exaggerate my own work. I, I try and be as objectively honest as I can. And the things he does in episode four, I'm like, this this is TV. Like this, this is CW beyond. Oh. Like it is, it's crazy. Like I'm on set. Like we're making a movie. Movie. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things like think like um Tommy Corkscrew kick level stuff. Like it's it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna get nuts. So yeah, action action. Oh action, shoot action. now. Yeah. All right. Um, I have a question. Question. Um. So this this episode, it's it's much larger scale than uh the previous episode so what was kind of like the thought process on making it such a big scale <laughs> it's so funny you asked that because i mean brandon you say you've been following that you must have seen how at one point corner ranger was going to be a side episode not a main yes <laughs> yes <laughs> so it went from what was going to be a five to ten minute like little like you know uh, kind of what we did with the turn with Zach, kind of like mm-hmm. a lead in to the next episode. So it was originally going to be a lead in to episode at, well, at the time, it was going to be episode four. Um, together we are more. Uh, it became it, it just, if you want ask like what happened, I'm like, I don't, I don't even know. Like it, it got away from me just from the writing process. Like just the script ended up being longer just because it, I guess the story just needed that much time to be told. Um, and I always try to keep the pacing tight, so I don't think there's a lot any like filler or anything in the episode. But it's just a lot happens. Um, we've got two villains in the episode. We've got minions that are being fought. Um, it was just kind of the story that I wanted to tell, and just ended up expanding into what it is. And it's going to be over 
yeah, easily over 30 minutes um, full length. But um, I mean, it's the nature of what we're, we're dealing with. Like, and <laughs> my girlfriend, who is our VFX artist, beautiful disaster. She, uh, she kind of hates me because <laughs> episodes one through three, you know, for the most part, we're, except for a few things with the Arbiter and like the beginning of episode one, but for the most part on Earth. And it's usually present day. So it's like, we don't got to do much changes in the environment. But for the episode four, and you saw it in the trailer, there are some shots where you can see like the exterior of the, the facility that the episode's taking place in. And you can see the machine empire ships flying overhead. And mm-hmm. like there are shots where like, it's time for us. We're doing the future. So it's like holograms. Like there's so much that went into this episode just because of like what it's, you know, the, what the subject matter is. That it's yeah, just everything, all these factors at once is what made the episode so long and, and so large scale looking. I think it wasn't my intention going into it, but I'm I, looking at it now. I'm like, wow, this looks this legit to me looks like something that could be on the CW. So I'm I'm super happy with it. Yeah, like I mean, I it, it's very impressive. It's very it's it's very impressive, and like, it was funny because like when you posted that uh, that one story with what sounded like the Jurassic Park theme in the background. Uh, <laughs> it was just it was it's so cool to kind of see you know how magic is made in a sense I guess where it's like you know she's standing around like tr- pivoting on in front of a green <laughs> in front of a green screen and then you actually see what it actually ended up being like that's really cool um to actually see that that's what it became um yeah speaking of what's yeah, I feel what's like going to become? Like, if you see the raw of unworthy without like the, there's so many moments like that where if you see the raw footage of unworthy without the effects, it's like man, this is so goofy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm sure <laughs> everybody's just like doing stuff in front of like green screens and it's just like what the hell is going on? <laughs> but no, like, even I just like pointing go- the gun like in the in the the cog fight, it's like bang, you're dead. Mm-hmm. Bang, you're dead. <laughs> oh my gosh. I hope someone is saying that. Please have someone <laughs> saying that. Just being like, bang. And it's like, all right. And then you see the person fall. <laughs> Basically. Oh, wow. That oh my sounds God. Like a, that sounds like a possible, like, uh, extra, like a, a, a raw of you just shooting somebody. Yeah. <laughs> It makes you, it reminds you that like, oh yeah, we are these big kids playing, aren't we? Because it's like, pew, right. I got you. <laughs> pew, pew. Yeah. <laughs> but now speaking of becoming, so I know you were always, you know, like you wanted to bring in, you know, the Gold Ranger and you even had a previous girl playing Gold Ranger. Marie Walker, was she originally going to be the Gold Ranger or did that just happen because then all of a sudden the, the other girl came in and she just happened to be black? <laughs> You're <laughs> like, let's well, draw this little connection or something. Like, <laughs> no, that's a, that's a really valid question, especially for people that have been following since the beginning and have seen the changes that kind of took place in production as we were doing it. Um, that's part of the reason why production took so long. There were things that we filmed that when we had to switch cast members, we had to refilm. Um, but originally the character's name was Mari Udahime, which was a reference to, um, Ooh. yeah, uh, Mara Gold, who was the gold Deco Ranger, which was the, yes, the yes. Sentai SPD counterpart. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to be a reference to that because our actress at the time was Asian American. Um, but because of COVID 
paranoia and just, you know, safety concerns because she had like a lot of older people she lived with. She was just like really concerned about coming out and filming. And we were like only like not even halfway into production at that point. So like it, it just became too much of a hassle to try and like make that like we couldn't there was no way for us to accommodate that beyond what we we're already doing. It would, it would end up having been a thing where we had to like like had these restrictions of when she would be on set when she couldn't be and unfortunately the way we were structured with filming that just wouldn't be possible so like it there was no hard feelings or anything we just had to find someone else who was more readily available and um the the, the entire thing was um the the actress wasn't a stunt woman so molly uh, or the molly rather uh she's always been she was always going to be the person actually that's not even true we had a different girl who was going to um it was actually going to be uh jenna garcia who was the pink ranger she was going to stunt double for our original actress for the gold ranger but when uh the actress couldn't make it we're like all right so let's find someone else uh for the role we're like okay let's get the molly in and I was like, okay, well, Damali can also act. So let's also, like, let's just have her, rather than have a separate person to be the Ranger stunt double and a different person to be the actress for the, for the Ranger, why not have her do both roles? And it was an opportunity for her because she's mostly been um, a stunt actress, not so much like a, a, an actress actress. So she was, was kind of like really eager and thankful for the opportunity to actually get a, a, the chance to act, you know, outside of the mask as well um and then from there it just became a thing where i was like okay well she's not a mari udahime anymore <laughs> so i need to switch up where who, like who is this person now and uh it was just kind of on the fly writing like okay well um uh, a lot of the theme of episode four was about legacy and about worthiness and about um taking up the mantle of uh, your predecessor um so I decided, like, okay, it makes it would make sense. And she kind of gave me a, a Katie Walker vibe. That was like, you know, a Gold Ranger, Yellow Ranger. Maybe the daughter of the Yellow Ranger is a Gold Ranger. That'd be pretty cool. And just from there, it just kind of naturally evolved into like, okay, let's Mari Walker rather than Mari Uduhime. And then, and I think honestly, it 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 worked out for the better because since we were still so early in production, we were able to make changes not just to the script. And um, just to add certain elements to the script to, to draw that parallel between her and uh, Katie, but also um, kind of incorporate Katie's super strength into the action choreography. And that, oh boy, when you see what she's able to do with uh, Katie's super strength, because even though Katie has super strength um, in the show, there were moments where she would use it in her ranger form. But I feel like the idea of a ranger with super strength was never elaborated on enough. So there are right, things right. she does in episode four that really show you that it's not just that she's like a, a powerful sixth or seventh ranger in this case. She's she's a ranger that is is super powered because she's got super strength on top of being a power ranger. So I can't wait to show you guys what that what that looks like. Yeah, because like that's very interesting that you say that because as we already know, you know, the Yellow Ranger was a guy in the Japanese version in Time Ranger. Mm. And when they would show that footage, you know, the one thing that always come to mind is that scene where she's um, she's holding the door or whatever before the door closed. And I guess like a bomb was supposed to go off or something like that. And, mm. you know, it's a guy, obviously it's a guy holding the door. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's, you know, the Jap it's Japanese footage. Yeah. You know, so it's like, in those moments, it's like, okay, obviously we know 
you know, it's a guy doing it who doesn't have super strength. But of course, you know, she's like, well, it's a girl, so she has super strength. But that's one of the only times that we've actually ever seen her do it in ranger form like yeah. other than you know the occasional picking up you know um cyclobots and you know throwing them or whatever you know th- th- occasionally but for the most part we never really actually saw her physical strength her super strength in ranger form so that yeah, was, would be really was usually cool to in, see. yeah it was usually in her civilian form for like comedic a uh, comedic effect right right like and we have that we have that too <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's so funny. I was thinking about the couch scene too. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, we, we have moments like that too to kind of pay homage to the Katie Walker uh, to, to Katie Walker. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, there there are moments where it, it plays out in in actual fights, like in ranger battles. And it's, nice, it's a, cool to see. Nice, nice, nice. Okay, wonderful. G- give us more. Give us more black girl magic. <laughs> bad yes. girl magic, bad joke. I'm not. I'm. I'm pro- I promise. I'm not going. I'm not going to do it. Because <laughs> I know. I know you hated uh bad woman and that bad girl magic. I, yeah, I, I know, I know you did. Cringe, but <laughs> I. So you know, I was like, I'm. I, I'm gonna do it, but just know I feel bad for it because I know you hate it. But uh, but yeah. So okay. So that's awesome to hear. Also, another thing that I uh, found very interesting, we did see Jen pop up in this situation you know she she came in there for like a split second it was oh, like caught that oh oh yes oh, <laughs> oh we see caught everything that. <laughs> see everything like you 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 thought you thought you were gonna let that slide <laughs> so please don't like I I know so I know <laughs> Because we already, because he already gave us a hint of what happens to her. Mm. I just want to know, because I know, because I know what, what's going to happen. But is it going to be bad? <laughs> like, is it going to be like no, or is it going to be like oh? It's going to be a lot of both. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So basically, what you're what you're saying is, I'm going to need a tissue and also boxing gloves because I'm going to be ready to fight you. But also, I'm yeah. going to be also really upset. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to apologize in advance. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, this this episode, yeah. That, hmm, how do I phrase this? Yeah, that, it's good that we have seasoned actors on this episode um, because there's a lot of emotional weight in this one. There's a lot of awesome moments. There's a lot of like high highs. And there's, there's even you know still in work, still Power Rangers. So there's even comedic beats. There's still funny parts. Still light moments. Hmm. But the subject matter gets real dark. And I think all you have to do is listen to that conversation that the Corner Ranger has with Kim in Episode Three to know that it's what's that Game of Thrones thing? Like if you think this has a happy ending, you haven't been paying attention. <laughs> right. Yeah. Ah hmm. oh, man. <laughs> Oh, okay. it's gonna be epic. <laughs> I mean, that's that. Listen, I don't doubt that, but also, <laughs> like, you trying to like make me cry, you know, at this event, and I don't want to, you know, I don't, I don't want to do this. I just want to enjoy it, and just, you know, be like, yes, the Rangers are gonna save the day, but you're telling me that. 
I'm going to be in my fifis, and I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I know you like to cry, Jordan, but not everybody likes to, okay? <laughs> we I thugs over here. to feel my pain. <laughs> <laughs> we thugs over here. We don't do that. We don't cry. But... Yeah, I, I, I really ascribe to the, um, the George R. R. Martin school of writing, where, like, you need to experience those low lows. Like, I still, I'm still a Power Rangers fan, so don't, yeah. I'm not going to ever, you know, go so far as to make it, like, so bleak that you know, it's not it's not gonna be um, uh, Power Rangers bootleg universe ever, but it's it's gonna to to enjoy the high highs. You have to go through the lowest lows. You know what I'm saying? So that's right. And Worley's gonna be a journey. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> and my I guess my last question um, going into this is Vengex Ranger. What was the thought behind that? Because mm. you know that was that to me that is so far left field. Like that is like, where did that even come from? <laughs> like, like who would have even thought? Like, hmm, let's make a villain a ranger. Like, hmm, <laughs> let's do that. Like, what was the thought process behind that? Um, let's see. Well, I guess the original impetus for it because like the, the script went through so many changes for this one like i think episode four probably had the most script changes out of any of the episodes so far um because we kept adding people we kept changing things depending on like what we who, what we wanted to do action wise um originally it was just going to be like machine empire focused like just cogs and like stuff like that um maybe like a ranger or a machine empire general but not vigic specifically but then when we got wadi uh sky jones on board who's like an incredible season stunt actor um, I really wanted to find a way to put as much focus on his skill set as possible. And he's a you know, he's a parkour guy, tricker, um, super amazing martial artist. So like a, there's a, a robot, like a, a robot general doesn't have enough flexibility to make that, you know, skill set put to use. So like, but what does a Power Ranger? So I'm like, okay, like next step of logic is like, okay, so how do we make a villain to a Power Ranger? A random machine general? It's not cool enough. Uh, but you know who has who or who might actually become a Power Ranger based on what we've seen of them so far, Vengex. And I, I've been a fan of RPM, especially for Vengex as a character because he's the only Power Ranger villain, I guess, other than in the comics with Draken that's actually destroyed the world and taking it over. Um, I don't think Vengex gets enough flowers on his name for basically winning his season, except for I guess the <laughs> very end of it. Um, right, but, right. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted, um, uh, I wanted to to naturally segue from the show's continuity into unworthy, like I try and do for everything that we do. But what I thought was interesting was that in the first time you see Benjix in RPM, his whole goal was just to destroy the Power Rangers. They're like the last defenders of the Earth and the last city of Corinth. So, like, of course, you want to you destroy your your opposition. And then the next time you see Vengex, he shows up, he, he jumps dimensions, which is even better for us because our whole thing's about the multiverse, but he jumps dimensions and Beast Morphers. So when they revealed the Evox twist, that Evox with Vengex, spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen Beast Morphers, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but uh, when they revealed him in Beast Morphers, I was like, oh, this is perfect. Because now he, the, the plot of that was more, he was trying to steal the Power Rangers power source and Morph X and the Morphing Grid. But again, he, he loses. And in that season, he loses, again, spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen the end of Beast Morphers, but he loses because um, they're able to inject human DNA 
into his machine body and that it just doesn't coalesce and he's basically destroyed from within because of that. So then my next thought was, okay, he tried to destroy the Power Rangers. He tried to take the power source. And if he were to come back again, he's a machine, he's Skynet, he keeps evolving. What would be his next step? To become a, to become a Power Ranger, to take the power that's defeated him now twice at the third time. Like, you know what? Make your power mine. And that's, that's the one side of where Vengex came from for episode four. And the okay. other side thematically was from my fanboyism for um, Guy for Dark Hero. If anybody's seen that, anybody? Has anybody seen that? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. Great. Yes. So Guy for Dark Hero, they the the aliens or the villains in that in that series slash movie are the Zoonoids. But in, in Dark Hero, a Zoonoid gets the power of a Guy, which is essentially our power rangers in that universe, um, and it became a Guy Zoonoid. And I just love. That whole sequence, that's a this movie's a guilty pleasure of mine. But I love that whole sequence where the guy Zoinoid is formed and is like, I'm the next step in your evolution. So a lot of that is channeled into Vengex, um, this episode. So now that you know that, you're gonna be looking for that. And I, I'm telling you, like there's some scenes that are almost one-to-one to Guyver Dark Hero, just because I love that movie growing up. Oh, yeah. Same here. I mean, and also, too, we probably liked it so much because the same stunt coordinator who did the movie was also the coordinator for season two of Power Rangers. That makes a lot of sense. Mm. The, I think the guy it, or was it the guy? One of them did the, the Tommy Corkscrew kick for the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, that, that it makes perfect sense. <laughs> You're using Time Force for this. What, uh, what was why are you using Time Force? that's interesting um it's kind of uh working backwards from the fact that the chrono ranger was a time force ranger in episode three right Um, that originally even like the reason why i chose a time force ranger to be the chrono ranger was just because um i felt like it should be a time force ranger kind of uh jumping through timelines and multiverses to try and fight the arbiter that that's kind of how it started it wasn't like i just felt like that made the most sense if it was going to be a ranger jumping through time and time timelines and multiverses to chase a, an evil ranger, I, feel, I felt like time force make most sense. Um, mm-hmm. And then from there, just working backwards to episode four, it was like, okay, so, all right, he's time force. So where, like, what, that means he's, he's basically a police officer in time, right? So let's mm-hmm. talk about the time force HQ. Let's talk about Jen, her, his mentor. Let's talk about his partner, Mari Walker. You know, let's, let's uh, kind of elaborate on that. Okay. Did um, like how far back does it uh, did it go for you to like to think of um, I guess exploring the backstory of uh of Chrono Ranger? Like, was this like always the plan, or did it just kind of come to you? Um, I had a skeletal outline like i have a skeletal outline of the entire series plot points um but as we go i, I don't write everything out so i have like bullet points mm-hmm. of what i know the characters like quality like personality qualities are um where i think their history might be um mostly just so i know like in conversations you know what their what their responses and their reactions would be to things um but in terms of like a super detailed backstory for them, I didn't have that completely planned out. So 
that's why things like Mari Uhime can become Mari Walker because it's not mm-hmm. it's not set in stone, set in stone. And that was even right. during production, it's not set in stone. So imagine even before that, it's it's very nebulous and it's all in like a cloud phase type of thing. Um so yeah, it was just it just uh I, I just had general bullet points for it, but not the actual hard details yet. But for the most part, um a lot of his core traits are even spelled out in episode three. Like a lot, of, basically everything that he says or talks about in episode three comes back in some way in episode four. Like a lot of the things that might have seemed like just advice, even that he was just giving the Rangers out of nowhere, um, that comes from somewhere. That, that it's informed by um, things that happened in his past, and those are the things that you'll kind of see play out in uh, in episode four. I'm, I'm really, I'm kind of nervous, excited, nervous and excited <laughs> because. I feel like what makes it, it, it is such a struggle for episode four for me to write because mm-hmm. I feel like what makes a, a character like the Chrono Ranger cool is the, the mystery mystery behind him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a lot of it, his his style and aesthetic is based on uh, Future Trunks when he first showed up and he defeated Frieza. But then when you think about it, I mean, I love history of the trunk history of the trunks, but I think that's because it's an origin story done right. The right amount of tragedy, the right amount of action, the right amount of empathy that you feel for the character, and a lot of that plays out in episode four for the Chrono Ranger. But then we really think about it, as bad as his trunks was, when you see him in ep- when uh, when you see him uh, show up to kill Frieza, when you see history of trunks it's his origin so he's not that badass yet so he's getting his ass kicked a lot like he's not the same person you think that he was when you first meet him uh in the in the android saga um so i was scared yeah i was nervous i'm nervous that finding more out more about the character could possibly detract from that cool mystique of like oh he's like a silent badass type um he's got but he but i think i hopefully i've done a good enough job in writing for episode three that even though he has that uh, kind of stoic exterior. There's a reason why he he resonates with the Red Ranger, not able to, not feeling like he's worthy enough to be a Red Ranger. There's a reason why he resonates with the Pink Ranger and her loss. Like, um, he he's kind of like a badass with a heart of gold. So, in Episode Four, because it's prequel and because it's his origin, it's a young version of this character. You kind of see that heart of gold kind of at the forefront. You see that 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 soft gooey center at the hard exterior that's the chrono ranger the chrono ranger and i'll just say his name now just this is a it's not even a review i think i've dropped it here and there before in the, on an instagram but his name is caden pierce so there's a difference between caden pierce and the chrono ranger and you kind of see that dichotomy play out in episode four okay well first of all i know i didn't see that uh <laughs> <laughs> well there you go <laughs> well there we go there we go uh but no like that that's 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 really cool that that is really effing cool because like you know you did touch on some a lot of things that i was definitely wondering about chrono ranger especially with you know like how is he actually going to be like was he always this badass or you know was it a situation where it was just kind of like yeah i wasn't always this way you know (laughs) i'm I'm gonna let me tell you a story picture yeah yeah that's that's pretty accurate it's like the chrono range is like the darkest timeline version of that character which i feel like a lot of worthy is the darkest timeline version of of events for people (laughs) i mean seriously because i mean most are just getting killed left and right 
getting yeah. shanked by this <laughs> random person. It's like, why are you, why are you stabbing me, sir? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Don't you realize that your the exterior pain that you're giving me is just you channeling your internal pain? Oh, you're stabbing me more. <laughs> no, I <my> got. <laughs> Yeah, really. So, Arbor just needs a psych- like a therapist. That's really what he needs. <laughs> that's really what he needs. He he needs an intergalactic therapist a to therapist. just you know. I think he needs more than a therapist. <laughs> He's seen some shit. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like listen, and I, I always felt like Zordon was a piece of shit because first of all, <laughs> y'all, you are literally summoning like fifteen year olds, fifteen, sixteen year olds to fight monsters and a witch on the moon <laughs> this lady is coming at them on also they need they should have all sorts of P- ptsd yeah. and just like they should be messed up in the head that's like one and of the ones like, that i think that the bootleg universe did right like they would be fucked up if they were child soldiers basically right yeah except right. they're not they're like let's go to the mall. yeah yeah <laughs> Like, yeah, we're only risking our lives every day. Whatever, right, every day, whatever. exactly. <laughs> every and I mean, like, every day. And Rita in the comics, I don't know how much you used from the actual comics, except for Draken, but or what you know, ideas that you're you know getting from the comics. But mm. like, if you've been following it, it's like Rita really does be doing some crazy stuff to them. Well, mm. when she was anyway. Um. She was doing some crazy stuff to these mugs. And I'm just like, how in the world are y'all able to function? Like, <laughs> I mean, I would be flipping out on people. Like, I would be looking over my shoulder constantly. Like, I would be a whole mess. Yeah, there are things in the comic that I'm like, how how do you guys sleep comfortably at night? Where like Scorpion can just show up in Tommy's bedroom right. and shit. It's like what? Exactly. Oh, okay, I mean, that, that was the sense. first thing. That came <laughs> but <my> <laughs> like this helper showed up right in his bedroom. Like, hey boy, hey. Like, <laughs> what? It was like, now you're supposed that? to fight at, 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 every day after school. Not not like you got the time wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like oh no honey we don't do house calls like what are you doing like <laughs> that's out of the that's out of the game like no no you don't come to my house no yeah i see that also too um you have also started a patreon for yes. it um tell the people you know what the patreon is and you know all that good stuff because i have something i also want to you know throw out there as well Okay. Um, the Patreon is honestly something I should have been doing since we dropped episode three, even because, I mean, you've seen the production jump from episode three to four, and a lot of that has to do with like location. Um, and the location for episode four is bank breaking. Like it's a hundred bucks per person per day. Oh wow! Yeah. So, and we don't even have like a big uh 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 production crew, but just ten people per day is a thousand dollars every day we filmed and we filmed nine days for for episode four so just do the math like it's a lot <laughs> um and that's that's just location that's not including how much costumes cost and that count doesn't uh, include like travel expenses for people have to you know travel to set it's not including catering even for just and, I, I, and we don't even have like extravagant like when i say catering i don't mean like 
you know, Hollywood level where you have like a buffet and you just pull from. It's like, no, we got donuts and we got pizza and but something simple. But even that costs like, you know, 100 plus bucks every time we film. Um, so it's it's honestly the Patreon. I'm, I'm terrible asking for money, but to make Unworthy bigger and better and continue making it bigger and better, I need the help from the fans to at, at least break even on the cost of, of making the series. And I don't want to backtrack. Like it would be really easy for me to 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 cut corners and try and make it um, more reasonable <laughs> because I'm, totally, I'm being totally unreasonable with like with the level that I, I'm producing this at. But um, I do it because I love it. I do it for the fans. I do it because I like seeing our growth. I like seeing how far we can push, not just our production, but you know our our skill sets and our talent and our 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 crew. And I just I. We're really, I think we're really making something special. And I feel like the fans recognize that. And I want to deliver the best possible uh, series I can for them. So, um, yeah, the Patreon, it's got like uh, a lot of bonuses for our, our loyal patrons. It's got, uh, you get free access to the digital comic that we released a year or so ago, maybe even a year and a half ago, um, Emerald Twilight, which is a precursor to episode two's events. Or not, it's actually a precursor, precursor to the entire series, but it, informs the death of Tommy Oliver of our universe in episode two. Um, but we, you get things like uh, uh, there'll be, there'll be bonus episodes. You get free merch, you get your name in the credits. Um, we've got various tiers. So like you can jump wherever level you're comfortable with. You can visit the set, you know, get pictures with the cast and crew and things signed. You can get a replica helmet. Um, you can get access to, to voting for, future developments in the series or even future projects we have lined up. Um, we're going to be doing things like, uh, I don't know if you guys remember, I, I don't think any of us were alive when it actually happened, but uh, when Jason Todd died in the comics or when oh. the prospect of Jason Todd dying in the comics, the, the second Robin Bat for Dick Grayson, uh, there was a really infamous like uh, call to the fans of like, what, what should happen is when the bomb goes off with the Joker, uh, does Jason Todd die or does he survive? And they gave that question to the fans. Uh, the fans decided if he lived or died. I want to start doing that for Unworthy because there are a lot of crazy things that are going to be happening in the future. And I want our most loyal fans to kind of dictate, like kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure type of story, but it, things that I feel like um, could have viable story consequences either way. So it's, like, it's like a gimmick where it's like, oh, it doesn't really matter what the choice is. Like, I, th I, I just think there are certain juncture points in our series that are interesting either way but it'd be more interesting if the fans decide rather than me just decide it'd be interesting that the fans decide what they would like to see so stuff like that um and it ranges from five to ten twenty five fifty a hundred and fifty and three hundred dollar tiers so you can choose wherever you're comfortable at but just it would be a big help to anybody um that wants to see unworthy grow and wants to support the series um, if you jump on that and we've got links on our Instagram links on our YouTube, um, it's out there, but I just want to thank anybody that is already a patron, anybody that's thinking about becoming a patron, honestly, like it's, it's the fuel that will keep unworthy going, especially at the level we're at now. And I, I like I said before, I don't want to backtrack. I want to make every episode as a promise. I want to make every episode more epic than the last one. And I think at this point, I'm hoping I know the 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 Power Rangers fandom has been burned so many times by by you know bullshit Patreon Patreon uh, 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 attempts and fan films that say they're going to deliver and they never do 
and I get that's why a lot of people are hesitant to even support us. But I'm hoping now with four episodes in, or at least three episodes and a fourth fourth trailer in, people recognize that like, no, we're not, we're not, I'm not joking around here. I'm not playing by his chain. I'm honestly and sincerely trying to make the best Power Rangers love letter I can, and this is kind of like a a showcase of of our progress, and hopefully people can recognize that and see that if uh, if we get supported. We can go even uh, plus ultra, go beyond. Like that'll be us. Um, so episodes five, six, seven, eight. If you want to make those more, more, more epic than you know uh, we've already done for the first three episodes, support the Patreon. And I'm glad you said that because that was going to be exactly pretty much where I was going to go with it. Um, <laughs> you know, a lot of and I and I feel like. You know, because I, I I joined I joined the Patreon um, because I, do, I appreciate you. I, Thank you. No problem. No problem. Uh, you know, I I joined it because, like you said, you know, you know, you want to see it be the best, you know, that it could be. Um, and you know, I definitely myself, I, I definitely do believe in the project for sure. Um, but one thing I did also want to touch on, which you also touched on as well is just the fact that, yes, we've seen, you know, a lot of times where fan films um, or, you know, even films that have been created by the actors themselves, um, mm, yeah. you know, they'll be like, you know, we're trying to do this and then they don't really come out. And sometimes it's not the actor's fault. Sometimes it's SAG-AFTRA, you know, like in the case of The Order. Um, yes. SAG-AFTRA came in and pulled the plug and was like, no, not happening. Um, you know, so a lot of times what happens is, you know, you have these situations where it's like, it's out of our control, you know, yeah. and you have some situations where it's just like, yeah, child, this wasn't going to happen because I mean, <laughs> just look at it. I mean, girl, bye. But <laughs> <laughs> and some people know what, what I'm probably talking about. Some people can probably guess, but, um, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, this fandom especially has seen this happen a lot. Like, we've, we've seen this kind of stuff happen. And, you know, it, it, it does kind of leave a bad taste in people's mouths, if you will. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it does suck because when you do have actual projects that we've seen you know is you know actually really good and it's getting better and it's growing and like you know and it's it doesn't have a budget you know it, but it needs you know that extra push you know hmm. it's like you kind of like if, if you want if you want to be better like what else do you do it you know like you you have to you know help if you want to actually see you know help see it get better um if you can if you can um mm. you know but it does kind of get under my skin in a sense because me me just even being an actor you know i've been on projects where you know we did not have a budget and you could tell mm. you know <laughs> like, yeah. it was terrible we had to get our own food like <laughs> It is terrible, Your Honor. And, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's like, ah, this would be so much better if this had a budget. Like, you know, and it does, some, in, a, in a way, it does almost 
appeal into the performance of it. Where it's yeah. like, I don't even feel like really doing this because I'm like, they barely even have enough to pay me to even be here. And also, like, this thing is crappy. Like, they can't even feed me. I got to be myself. It'll be so good if, like, and I'm just putting it out there to, to everybody, you know, the, the doors to the church of Unworthy are open. You know, pass around a collection plate, if you will. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, um, if you can, if you can, please support, please support. Because, I mean, it's like, it's a crying shame when a fan film is almost better, if not in some ways better, than the actual show itself. Like, th- that, that is when it gets to a point where it's like, Something gotta give. Like Power Rangers, either you need to get better, <laughs> or give us money, <laughs> or give them money. <laughs> like oh, do man. something. So like, yeah, I couldn't, like, I couldn't even imagine if we had a budget. Like I, I, I saw the, and we've never like we've done two um, fundraising attempts in the past, and neither even re- reached their goals. That's why I didn't even try to do a third one. I was like, maybe the Patreon's a better way to go. But mm-hmm. I'm looking at like I'm just sitting back and seeing um. You know, shout out to them. Love, love what they're doing. I can't wait to see it, like what it looks like. But Legends of the White Dragon, looking at their five hundred thousand Kickstarter, like, right? Like, oh, if I even had a tenth of that, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what I would do. You know what? We talked about this before. What you really need is just Jason David Frank, because everyone would be throwing your money. Okay, yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> like, good lord, like. Or- and I swear to you, they've been like talking about this project for like almost a year now. Where is the product? Well, COVID, COVID. I that, I can tell you that. It, I it mean, was COVID. Jordan, real quick. Um, speaking of COVID, how did that affect the filming? Did you have anything, um, anything done prior to? Um, I mean, I. I explained the, it, it, it was definitely an issue. It did make filming a lot harder, especially since we're trying to do it. Um, I mean, just filming episode four in general was hard because we're doing it during the winter because I was trying, mm-hmm. we were, well, not just me, we were all trying to get it out as early as possible for the fans. So we're filming through the cold ass winter and not even just that, it, the location we were filming in, it's unheated. So like there are literally moments where you can't really tell unless you're looking for it, but there are certain moments where you can see people kind of like, shivering and it, it, it plays in perfectly because it looks like people are afraid in certain moments but it was cold on set and the the place we were filming in it was even colder at the set than it was outside so if it was like 40 degrees outside it was 20 to 30 in the the building we were oh filming my God. In. yeah it was because basically it was like, a, like a, almost like a cave so like there's it, it all the cold air just kind of settled in that spot. It was, oh my God, we had like heaters on set. It was crazy. But for, for COVID, um, yeah, we, our, our original Gold Ranger actress basically right. like, you know, bowed out because she just didn't want to, uh, she didn't feel safe no matter what um, kind of guidelines or, or things we had in place to try and make it as safe as possible. She's never felt comfortable um, being around people at all, even with masks on just because of, you know, there's even with masks, not zero chance of contracting anything. Um, and the people we worked with, a lot of the stunt actors, they were constantly on uh, big sets, like actual real Hollywood sets. So there was always the, the, the possibility that um, 
you know, you could contract COVID at any moment. So she didn't want to mm-hmm. kind of put herself in a situation, which is understandable. Um, right. And it's not like it was a completely unfounded fear where there were a couple of people that they didn't get COVID on our set, but they like between filming days, they would be like, oh man, I just got tested for COVID and I got it. So I can't come back on set. And it was like, yo, we just saw you last week. Like, when'd you get it? Oh man. Like, and then, you know, we find out that they got it from people they were working with on other sets. But just that fear of like, you don't even know, because this is also before we even had a handle on the vaccine. So it's all that paranoia of like, you don't know, you might be asymptomatic. You don't know if you have it or not. You don't know how contagious it is if you're around somebody. Thankfully, there was mm-hmm. on our set. But it's the fact that people that were part of the production would contract COVID, um, you know, on the off days. That was enough of like a, a fear factor of like, oh my God, like, uh, yeah, it made people paranoid. Um, that makes but, sense. Uh, yeah, but for, for safety measures, we just did everything that you know, basically Hollywood does, which is, you know, mask up, try and get tested before we actually start filming, um, uh, you know, sanitize hands, uh, six feet apart, mask up, you know, try and do what you can. Um, and we were able to do it, so <laughs> it's yeah. possible. But, yeah, it definitely made things a lot more stressful and a lot harder than, than it needed to be. Didn't even I, like I didn't even try to even audition for anything. I mean, like I was seeing like mugs being on set, like friends of mine that I knew that were just like, "Oh yeah, I got this. I got this job. I got this. I got that." And I'm like, "Good for you. Congratulations!" And they're just like, <laughs> "Are you auditioning for?" No, I'm not. And it's like, why? I'm, no, because if I get it, that means I'm gonna be around people, and I don't want to be around people right now. So. Yeah, sorry. And, you know, there, there, there were major sets that people got COVID from, like power. So, like, it's it's a thing. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, there was because, like, that was the thing here in LA. Like, things opened up. Like, like Hollywood opened up before, mm. like, before we even had a vaccine. Like, Hollywood actually opened up like, um, late last year. Um. And it was just like, all of a sudden, boom, you know, it's like, all right, everybody's, you know, doing this, everybody's doing that. And it's like, yeah, no, like, I'm not, no, no. And I mean, I knew a lot of friends that would be on sets and all of a sudden, like, you know, their show would get shut down or the show that they were working on would get shut down because somebody in like the crew, you know, would get COVID and that'll shut down production for like two weeks. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm see, and this is why. This is why. This mm-hmm. is why. Um and even know, testing is so- not like a guarantee because like there I, I literally experienced there were times where not on set, but like I, I mm-hmm. worked with somebody um, doing like court, previous choreo for something from different projects. And mm-hmm. um, after we worked with her, uh, a couple of days later, she, she sent a message to me and my friend that were, was working with her. And she was like, yeah, I wasn't feeling too well. So I got a COVID test and it came up negative. Um, we're going to meet up again later in the week. But she was like, but if I, if I don't feel better by, by like, a, like a couple in a couple of days, I'll, I'll get another test. So she got that first test, um, even though she wasn't feeling that great, it came up negative. But then a couple days later, 
when she got it again, it, it came up positive. So it was like a thing where it's like, oh, okay. So that, does that mean you had it when you were with us and you just didn't uh, show up with a test yet? Like, when did it kick in and become contagious? Like, so did we all get tested? You know what I mean? It's like stuff like that, where it's like you, right. a, a negative test isn't enough to make you feel safe, especially before there was a vaccine. Right, right. Oh, gosh, I know that's freaking scary. Just like yeah. all of a sudden, like mad paranoia, like, oh, no, oh, no, I may have it. No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh, that's insane. I guess I'm just thankful for how well and where these been received. My, I had a, I guess I'm afraid before we release anything. I'm always nervous excited. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> before we released episode four trailer, I was worried because like, we haven't released anything in like almost a year and a half now. Like episode the, not even the last episode, but just like the last release, which was the uh, Unworthy theme song. That was like over a year ago. So I was like, uh, I hope people still care because <laughs> it's been so long. Um, especially since the production took so long for all the reasons we kind of talked about. Um, so I'm just so I'm just really relieved and I'm happy and excited <sighs> now that in a week, like our, I think this is our best performing trailer so far. We, we received more likes and comments in one week for this trailer than we've received on any of our previous trailers. So I'm just like, okay, this is, we're, and we're almost at 100,000 views now. So I'm just like, I'm so happy and thankful and excited for, for what's to come. And I, I, I can't wait for fans to see what episode four is going to be and beyond episode four. It, I, I'm at the point, and I love episode four. Episode is going to be so epic. Um, but I've, I was saying this on set. Uh, basically all throughout production that like I love episode four I'm excited for episode four but what I'm really excited for is episode five because episode four if I were to equate anything it's like the winter soldier of our series but episode five is infinity war so it's wow. gonna be like the lead-in even the the last I would say minute of episode four is a is a lead-in to episode five and I just oh, I can't wait for fans reactions to that because it's gonna be like oh it's it's happening. The war is coming. So yeah, I can't wait for that. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh. Yeah, we can't either. We can't wait. <laughs> like so any idea what we can be expecting episode four? Um I I I watch all the reaction videos to, to the unworthy releases just to support our supporters and also because I I I, I because now I'm the editor and director. Um, I don't get that moment of like magic because I, I see how the sausage is made from start to finish. So I love watching fans' reactions because it's like that's the only way I can live vicariously through their excitement of like, yeah, 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 Vince is in this, yeah, right? Like, <laughs> but so I'm all in it. I don't have that same level of like, oh, it's all new and exciting. But, um, uh, what I thought was funny was everyone had the same reaction to the coming soon part of the trailer. It was like, oh, no date for real? You're gonna do me like that? It's like, oh, I'm sorry. But um, it's because of like we talked about how how expansive and 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 epic, especially the VFX are for this episode. Um, to give you an idea, I mean, I think it's a good uh, uh, point of reference that our episode two trailer had. Go back and watch it. It had four VFX shots in the entire trailer. Our episode four trailer had forty, and that's pr- holy pretty crap. Much, yeah, so it's it's pretty much that for the whole episode. And we've got one wow. VFX artist, beautiful Diz. She's doing an amazing job, but she needs time. Um, and I don't want to rush her. So mm-hmm. 
Um, ideally, I would love to release at the end of this month or the very beginning of next month. That might still be possible, but I didn't want to put a solid date on it if we aren't able to reach that date just because I, right. I, I'll never forget the disappointment in fans' uh, and their reactions to episode two being broken up into two parts or episode two not meeting the, the deadline of the release that we kind of outlined. <clears throat> so I, I definitely want to not make a promise that I can't keep. So when That's episode true. five or five, episode four is ready, I'll make an announcement a week prior to the release so everybody has enough time to you know, get ready for it. But I didn't want to put a hard date and possibly miss that date, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, especially if the whole thing is like, if it's that big, uh, that that special effects heavy, um, it's like you would need that time to yeah. like, you know, make sure everything is good because you don't want those people in the comment sections like, eh, that looks weird, that looks cheap. Don't, mm, no, no. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because <laughs> people real quick, they be yeah. real quick to be savages on the internet. Like, oh yeah, and it's like Ugh. you guys know if we don't have a budget, right? Like they'll, they'll compare you to like <laughs> Hollywood. I'm like, like what? Look, I've seen. Look, no shade. I, I, I keep. It's fine. I keep comparing you to CW, and some people are like, don't, don't, don't compare yourself to that. But like CW used to be <laughs> a stamp of quality. I, it's only like in the last yeah. couple of years that CW's become like pejorative. Like, ew, it looks like CW. So like I've yeah. seen like the recent series finale or just some shots of like black lightning recently and or even more so supergirl <laughs> Don't oh get my me started. god the most recent season of supergirl special effects are oh my god i don't oh, want I haven't even are you are, are they are they that bad like oh bro i was gonna make a meme about blur vision but I, just, I keep forgetting to do it but i'll send you a, the clip that i saw and i was i, I kid you not i was going to, i was scrolling through instagram and I saw uh, a, a, a Supergirl promo uh, for the most recent season. I haven't watched Supergirl since like season two or something, or maybe even three. I don't remember. It's all kind of blurred together at this point. But um, I, when I saw it, my first reaction was because it, it opened with a, with a shot of John Jones. And the John Jones CGI was so good in the first two seasons or whatever, the beginning of the series. Mm-hmm. But when I saw that clip, my, I, my first reaction was, Wow, this fan film has really good special effects. And then Melissa Benoist fly in. Yes. And then you see Melissa Benoist <laughs> fly in. And it's this awkward looking flight. And I'm just like, oh my God, this is the show? What happened? They, they, they cut their budget like into a tenth or something? What, what's going on? So yes, the special effects for those shows. I, I don't know about The Flash. I haven't watched that. But at least for Supergirl and Webby from Black Lightning's flying effects, I'm just like, whoa, this does not look good. So I don't want to do that. I want to, at the best of our ability, I want Unworthy to look good in their VFX. And we've got one, we don't have a big CW budget because they, they despite, people, despite what people think, they do have a budget. We do not. But I want to, my, my goal is to make that invisible. Unfortunately, it does backfire where the audience does compare us to like, oh, the VFX are good, but they're not Hollywood good. But it's like, well, we don't have a Hollywood budget. <laughs> but I do want us to, our production to feel like it's bigger than it is. And I think it's, it's it, for the most part, it's, it's, it's translated in episode four. Yeah, because I mean, even in the trailer, like, I mean, seriously, like the, you can tell, like you've come extremely far from like 
the the uh the fireworks the digital fireworks from <laughs> from episode one <laughs> to you know yeah. now the pulsar looking glass you know in episode four it's like night and day like it's almost yeah. two totally different like even it even feels different you know like episode one was all colorful and bright looks kind of like a fan film but you know looks like a really good fan film you know but still a fan film nonetheless yeah. and now it looks like a show show you know mm. now you know with episode four so like there's definitely a huge progression and i can see where some people would be like you know it does kind of feel like the CW in a bit. However, it's not CW quality. Like by the by, by not no. Like I mean, <laughs> when I say quality, I mean like early CW, like season one, yeah. the Flash CW. Like not, thank you know, you. not this. Because despite all the hate CW gets now, like I still have love for those early seasons of those shows. Because and unworthy yeah, sure. is. The tone is definitely inspired from those early CW shows, so I can never. Oh yeah, I, I can never turn my back on CW. I still, I, I had good times. It's just like a, like a toxic relationship where it's abusive now. Mm-hmm. It's like why do you keep hurting mm-hmm. me, CW? I just want to love you. <laughs> and that's the thing because like, and and that's why high key. And I know you're probably gonna you probably gonna have some choice words for me, but. <laughs> but that's the reason why I'm trying to hold out on faith with Batwoman so badly because it's oh. like I want to <laughs> like you I, I do yeah, I feel the same way I want to support the, the sister but, uh, I want to support writing, the sister you know I, I yeah. do I want to support the sister like I did Black Lightning listen I sat with I, Black Lightning listen here I sat with you for what was it four seasons I yeah. listen through the thick and the thin, I sat with Black <laughs> Lightning. And I was like, look, you progressively gotten worse and worse and worse yeah. and worse. Always. Yeah. So you mean to tell me, you mean to tell me that show wasn't progressively getting bad? Uh, I would <laughs> I say that I'm... this 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 season definitely it was uh it was like rushed and then it seemed like there was some back behind the scenes drama but i mean look i don't know i haven't been watching black lightning since like the first season um but just the weird what i do know about season four i, I watched some clips because like, youtube recommended it i was curious but like ah! How dare they? being mm-hmm. replaced by an alien and then she comes back and like what and tobias whale is still a villain four seasons in are you kidding me? <laughs> you should have been thought, done one. I thought he... I, I really wish they would have went with Lady E, but I guess Joe Scott was expensive. But uh, <laughs> Tobias got better, in my opinion. Did like, he? his acting got Did better. He? His acting got better. <laughs> Compared to the first season? I, all I know is that in the last scene that I saw him in fighting Black Lightning, he was still making the same racist like black yeah that was that he was making season one and i'm like oh come on this guy's his, nothing's changed at least in the scene that i saw like, nothing was different from what he yeah. was doing in season one i was just like all right <laughs> to me yeah, still a problem to me he, he he that's what he was given the entire time i mean like i'm i will say this they did try to give him uh, they did try to make him a little more evil this mm. season his final season with the with the ploy that he was doing so it was more so of the writing 
more or less the acting because the gotcha. acting was still the same. The writing was more so him, you know, they, they gave him more of an, an involved, like, like an involved, like scheme. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so that gotcha. made him seem more of a menace and more of a threat this time around. But to be truthfully honest, he was, the acting was still the same. Like he was still the same Tobias, like still spouting racist, re racist rhetoric. Yeah. And just, it was just like, okay, we, this is the same dude since season one. Okay, great. You know, like, <laughs> it, it wasn't nothing. And like, the and just like with the clip that I showed you with Painkiller giving us that, you know, that throwback time force, you know, flash fight scene choreography. Oh, it's yeah. like, this thing looks terrible. Like, it just- What? You didn't like the Painkiller stuff? No, mm. <laughs> no, I didn't. I did not like it. I'm sorry. I didn't like it. I mean, I liked what they were trying to do with him because they're trying to make him like into like a, a half anti-hero, half good guy kind of thing. So I kind of liked that a little bit. Um, which also too, I do, I am kind of side-eyeing the CW a little bit because it's like, y'all did take away y'all only black brother, you know, <laughs> which was Black Lightning. Y'all ended his show and then you canceled Painkiller, who was going to be the other only black guy in your me. lineup. So what? You can only what have one black show at a time. We all know this. <laughs> well, no, they, they, they're going to have two because Naomi. Oh, Naomi. That's right. Yeah, Naomi that. with oh. Ava DuVernay. You know, that's, you know, produced by her, like, that's coming. So, you know, like, they're going to have two Black women shows. So it's like, okay, so are y'all scared to make the CW too Black? Is that what that's, you're saying? That's, that's definitely it. And I get back <laughs> in, like, one more season. <laughs> like, if y'all scared to make the CW Black, just say that. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know, but... <laughs> okay, like, come on now. But um, but yeah, like it's I don't know, like but but for sure, I definitely do feel like unworthy is definitely the early days of the CW before we got to you know the the foolishness that is of the CW now. Um, so yes, definitely kudos to you, man. Like I am so happy to see this show and what is going to come from it. Um. I honestly, and I'm going to tell you right now, Jordan, my biggest prayer for this project and also for you is that something comes out of this, whether mm -hmm. this is a stunt career for you or a writing career for you and in the cast or, you know, something, just something comes out of it because the, you and the cast, you guys are so talented. Like I spent time with Eric um, when he came to L.A., and um like spoke with eric because i used to do you know online like martial arts classes with him and we got to hang out mm -hmm. and you know just spending time with him and getting to know him you all are so extremely talented and oh, thank you it would be a shame for 
nothing to come out of this. Like, just yeah. like, you know, oh yeah, Unworthy's done. All right, great. We're just going to go back to, you know, doing other things. Like, like no, like something yeah. else <laughs> needs to come out after this or, you know, some kind of something. Because, I mean, like I said, you all are extremely talented and your writing eye is insane. So it's just like something needs to happen after oh. this. Thank you, man. So. I appreciate that. Yeah, I just want to say like it's it's unworthy isn't possible without the amazing talent of the team behind me. And it's 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 all of them that have leveled up unworthy to the the place that now. And I hope we continue to grow. And I hope, yeah, that's also my wish that we turn the right heads and it opens the right doors for the people in their careers, whether it be the actors or the stunt people or, or the visual effects or the, even the musicians, it's Mark Cooper and Ray Caesar did an amazing job in the trailer and they're totally killing the episode. Um, there's so many people involved that have so, so much talent that, yeah, I just hope on whatever level it does help that it, it does, you know, further their, their own dreams and their careers. And I hope that it does give us opportunity to like, even with the Patreon, I hope, even that it'd be amazing if that got to the point where uh, it, it became self-sustainable and like, maybe this could become our, if not turn the right heads to open the right doors to get us into Hollywood or something like that, even if it just became self-sustainable and we could keep producing our own things. And it actually became a thing where we could live off, you know, what our, our own productions kind of like bat the sun. Like they, they can live off the things that they, they create. Yeah. And I'm hoping that, you know, if, if nothing else, we can get to that point. Um, I'll say this too, since you know, <clears throat> just kind of go over over future plans, like with Unworthy. Um, after episode five, I I I'm going to be venturing into uh, an original Tokusatsu IP, um, mm. just because, like, even though cause I hate that this is this is me venting a little bit. I hate the fact that I one of the critiques I've seen Unworthy get is that it's yeah, it's it's good, but it's not original because based on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, it's like. I mean, that's the framework for it, but everything else within it is original. So like, but just because of that, that, that attachment to Power Rangers brand get written off by people that, you know, don't recognize our skill set beyond the brand that we're attached to. So I, I, what I want to do is kind of take everything we've learned from the worthy so far <clears throat> and apply it to our own like pilot short um, after episode five, just to kind of test the waters and see how what fans <clears throat> what fans feel or how fans feel about um uh our own original concept a completely from the ground up original concept nothing crazy nothing too long but it's a short pilot um and because i'm a big fan of guyver it's it's definitely going to be guyver inspired but yeah our own original version of power rangers so we'll see where it goes you know test the waters absolutely and i mean just know that I am standing for the fact that you just keep mentioning the Giver and <laughs> Giver has a special place in my heart. So this is the reason why we're friends. Um, <laughs> what were you gonna say, Will? <laughs> no, I was just saying this. Um, that's exciting to hear um, something original. There's just more work, more stuff to watch from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, it's gonna be like a cross between. This is a weird. It's, it sounds weird when I say it out loud, but. Uh, I, Right now in my head, it's kind of a cross between Guyver and Ruby. <laughs> if that makes sense. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like what? How does that correlate? But um, I love okay. the the fight choreography and the creativity that goes into the power sets in Ruby. 
specifically how their weapons work. So I'm going to be incorporating that mixed with some Gyra elements into our original Tokutatsu. Okay. Okay. And for, you know, and just the, just to pick your brain on it, you don't have to really go into detail, but is this Tokusatsu going to have just more more than one person or is it going to be just one one main character? Um, for the pilot, it'll be one person, but I, I'm too much of a fan of the themes of Power Rangers to not have it eventually become a team. But for the pilot, it'll probably just be one or two or maybe at max three, but probably just one or two. Okay. Come on, one, come on, one person and then getting getting a team. Yeah. So basically, we're going to have kind of like a whole Sailor Moon thing going on. I was about to say that. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah, that's the comparison. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jordan, for coming on the show. We really appreciate you coming in and talking with us today. No problem. Thank it's a pleasure. Thank you. So let's go ahead and switch gears. And let's talk about the other reason why we're here, which... You know, we're in the month of June, right? And we are all about queerness and queer positivity. And that's what this movie was all about. (laughs) This movie was all about, you know, being who you are and being allowed to love who you love and being able to express that self, express that love in a public setting without out being shunned or being made to feel like you can't do that. Um, how did y'all feel about this movie? <laughs> how did y'all feel? Because I felt what? like it was a little on the long side for me. We are talking about the prom that is available on Netflix. And who is a star? It's a big star cast, too. Meryl yeah, Street. uh, ooh, Jara, Meryl Streep, um, Nicole, Nicole Kidman. Uh oh gosh, what's that guy's name? James Corbett? No, James. James. Is it? It's somebody Corbett. Jesus. I don't know his name. Yeah. Yeah, the guy who does uh, car karaoke. Him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> car karaoke. Love. Somebody gonna post it in the comments, like him. And I'm like, yes, him. Um, but I yeah, is oh yeah, and um, was oh, James Corden. Key. James Gordon, yes. And um Key from Key and Peel. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, dumb people. Yeah. And but um yeah. The main reason why we're bringing up the prom, aside from the fact that it does celebrate the beautiful month that we are living in, happy Pride Month, everybody. But because Nico Greetham. Nico Greetham. <laughs> forward. So that is the main reason why we're bringing it up. And I think that's a really big deal because. He plays Calvin, the yellow ninja steel Power Ranger. He is probably one of the few from that cast, actually, uh, to make it to Netflix. So that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. a big deal. Um, And especially like a big production film like The Prom. It is a musical. And I hate musicals. I really do. But I did it for Nico. So support. This is what we're doing here at Turbo the Grid. We're showing our real support by watching a movie that we're not. I mean, the movie itself had a great message, but musical, no, it's a no for me. But <laughs> anyhow, it. Uh, what I will say is, overall, as uh, as the film is, 
I felt like to get to the end result took way too long. Like just way too long. I agree with that. Yeah. You know, like, and then um, I know Will and I spoke earlier about this. Will liked the the background story with the adults and 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 all that, which is fine. But the only reason why, and this is what I said to Will. The only reason why you liked the adult stories was because the kids had no backstories. The kids had nothing to do. They were literally solely there as fillers. And it was sort of annoying, you know? And so I feel like at the end of the day, for their end result, mm. it, it, you know what I mean? Like, I felt like it would have been nicer if they focused on more of the kids and less of what the adults wanted. Because, like, the whole reason why the adults did what they did was they wanted fame. They wanted to reclaim who they were. They wanted to be relevant again. So they did it out of a selfish reason. They didn't do it because they genuinely care for the cause. Well, it was, it was nice that by the end of the movie that they yeah. actually had a change of heart. Well, for um, sure, right? Yeah. But yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just felt like overall the film should have focused more on the kids. and I can understand that. You know, yeah. the school and everything like that. And I, have them be the fillers. I feel like it, uh, the fact that they had the heavy hitters that they had in there that it kind of was a given that they were going to have more yeah. to work with. Yeah. Um, it, it, this is interesting because I like it when you are able to give a healthy amount of development and focus to your, uh, pretty much as much as your cast as you can. And there were so many characters in this one that they actually did that pretty i'm not gonna say like completely evenly but pretty like everybody got a pretty good amount so i, I felt like that was one of the reasons why it was so long because i thought it was a bit too long Way um too because long. they focused on everybody i mean that was great um, but they should just highlight yeah. the most important stories you know yeah like, yeah like yeah. Meryl street and her getting it on with that boy was not necessary i'm sorry i actually like that <laughs> i know you would that's not the point though okay the point of the storytelling is that she's not the main focus she it's all about her it's about this poor kid uh, who wants to take her girlfriend to prom and freaking olivia pope said no oh my god like, she was a big old homophobe like yeah. what what do you mean no get out of so, my way follow on bigot so here's my thing like i and i lena i'm actually like you know i actually agree with you you know on this where it's like the other people shouldn't have you know what i'm saying shouldn't have been so like the they should have included more of the kids in it mm. Um, or had more of a backstory, but also too, we have to also keep in mind that this is a film adapting adapting from a, a, a adapting from a musical from an actual play, right? So you know, and that's one reason why the movie was so long, but also too, the also movie down, also. You know? Well, then again, we would I, I I can see that, but then also too, we would have to basically re rewire the whole thing in a way. Because basically, if we were to get more of the kids and like backstories on the kids, then basically that would almost kind of shift the actual play and what the actual play was about itself. Right. Because from my understanding, the play, the, the movie was trying to adapt the play almost like, like, like um, very closely. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, the play, from my understanding, didn't really deal too much with the kids like that because the main one that it fit that it dealt with was the girl. It didn't even really <laughs> deal with her girlfriend. It mainly dealt yeah. with the girl. So it was just mainly they added in certain things to try to give everybody a little more uh, a little more something to do a little more but overall the main story was mainly dealing with just the actors and the lesbian girl like those were like the main focused people um so that's why i guess the movie was mainly more so only dealing with them too um and that and, but they did try to like give us a little more with the you know with the younger with the other teenagers and stuff like that what i now here's the thing that i did that i did not really care for um i guess for me the thing that i was just kind of side-eyeing in a way i felt like it dragged mm-hmm. and i felt like there was just a lot of dead air in between certain mm-hmm. parts. Oh my God, so much. And I'm sure. like, this could easily just be wrapped up if we just go ahead and just move on to the next thing. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And and that's a problem with a lot of um, play-adapted films. Like, there's always going to be that kind of like, like there, when you're trying to adapt a play, normally a lot of times they're, they're, they're trying not to take creative, like creative, um, licenses and just kind of like just doing their own thing because a lot of times when they do that either it comes out to be a hot boo-boo mess or you have these situations where it's just a lot of just dead air where it just kind of feels like things are just kind of happening without like ne- a necessarily like necessarily having a a point to get to it's just kind of like we're just lounging here we're just sitting here because this is what the play is telling us to do so there's no intention there we go. Words are hard today. There was no intention <laughs> in certain in certain parts. Yeah. So that's why I just kind of felt like it was. Felt, yeah, it just felt like it was dragging. Yeah, I felt like there. Um, there was a couple of scenes, a couple of the, the musical performances that I think could have maybe been left out. Oh, absolutely, um, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, they could have certainly left some of them songs out because I was mm-hmm. like, um. We don't need singing every five minutes. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay. The prom songs, they were needed because that's what the, obviously the show was all about. And that was cute how they did that. I was fine with that. So that's what Nico's character enters. And he Mm -hmm. plays like JB football. He's got a cute Mm -hmm. girlfriend. He asks Mm -hmm. her to prom. It was a cute little thing. You know, I mean, he looked great overall. But yes, well, this character uh, also, you know, they're from a small town. Um, I believe it's in Indiana. Uh, yep, Indiana. They, yeah, their views are not, you know, they're not they're not open. They're they're not open to different people. So he shares those views. So he, uh, if I remember correctly, in his first scene, he was teasing the, the main character Emma about. Uh, or heckling her because she, she quote unquote got the prom canceled because she wanted to take her girlfriend to the prom. So, uh, because like there was a big fuss made out of it, the whole prom was canceled. So he was heckling her with his his teammates. Okay, so um, 
I had to actually look this up because I really just didn't know. Did they ever say his name in the movie? Because I had no idea his name was Nick. They never actually said his name in the movie. Okay, just ever. making sure. Not that I didn't know his name. Just making sure because I'm like, what is his name in the what movie? Because Nico's name was Nick. Nick. Mm-hmm. Really? Yes. I think yes. I knew it was Nick because of his um, Instagram, but not because it was in the movie. Um, mm. That could be that. That could be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my, yeah, like I don't know. Like his character made an appearance and it was very brief overall, like throughout the whole movie. So like he would show up, you know, did his you know, did his swim team thingy, maybe found the main character, show up again for prom prozo, where he proposes to his girlfriend for prom. That was cute. And mm-hmm. then he shows up like at the mall where uh, one of the guys from the adult group was trying to like teach them about being open and accepting all, you know, because they were very quote unquote religious, right? And they were saying mm-hmm. like, how obviously, um, you know, in the Bible they don't accept this, yada yada yada. Even though there's a lot of shit in the Bible that doesn't get accepted, but yet we do it anyways. But whatever, right. that's a different topic for another day. Anywho, Z. Well, actually, it's a, it's a different topic that we can talk about next because they did a song on. Yeah, there was <laughs> there was a scene in the mall <laughs> where, um, oh my god, who's the character? Who's the character? Uh, his name was Trent. Uh, the actor Andrew Rand, the one who was um Rennell? trying to um the one who kept saying that he went to Juilliard. Yes, yes, yes. There was a scene in the mall where he, um, I think it was after they did that horrible uh, prom swerve where they, they, they put the prom back on, but, um, you know, an inclusive prom, but they didn't tell Emma that she was the only one that was going to an inclusive prom. And then they had a prom for everybody else where everybody else was so she literally showed up with the adults you know accompanying her by herself the only person in there was the principal he was like he didn't know what the hell was going on uh but uh she was humiliated of course and then um uh, uh oh my god oh my god i forgot his name again trent yeah he went to the mall maybe like the next day and he uh and he confronted the kids that did that and he did a song about uh basically the bible verses uh they're saying that you know being gay is a sin but he talked about having tattoos being a sin masturbation being a sin uh premarital sex um, I actually, I really like that song. I really like that scene because that's something that, um, you know, a lot of times uh, some religious people who are, aren't uh, accepting of other people, yes. they will bring up homosexuality. Exactly. They will, they will like amplify that. Like, that's the worst thing ever. Right. But they totally ignore all everything else and they exactly. do everything else exactly so I, I love Ooh, i love that I, song that i i agree with you i really did like that song too and i liked the lesson that was taught um during that like low musical because it was mm-hmm. needed but it's absolutely mm-hmm. like it is absolutely the truth and that's what really bothers me is that you know they say this and this this and that and blah 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 but i'm like okay 
but what about all of these other things that you're all doing? Right. And I'm right. not religious, but I'm also not like an atheist. I do believe in something. I just don't believe in, mm-hmm. you know, putting all your eggs in the Bible and in, and in pushing that on other people when you are ignoring everything else from that Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I agree 100%. And I mean, like, yes, I did. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. I like the song. I was just like, can we speed it up? Because this thing is long. Right? And I already had fatigue at that point. Yeah, I already had fatigue at that mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. They had like three courses or something. It was ridiculously long. Yeah, was it was long. like, it had a dance break. I'm Ooh, like, oh God, I can't take this song anymore. I need to end. But really no. really long. Like, I think overall the movie itself was just super long. There was a lot of songs that were just way too long for his own good. And like, I remember I paused the movie like three times. Just to do other I, stuff. Yeah. I paused it to see where I like how much time I had left. And I'm like, damn. I did that a lot. I did that a lot. I paused it several <laughs> times to see how much time I had. I was like, God damn, this this movie is long. But no, like I, I actually thoroughly enjoyed the song. Like I said, it could have been a little shorter, but overall, like I really liked it. Um, and you guys hit everything on the head. I do also want to say that I do loved how like he was knowing all their business and i'm like you never met these people a day in your life how the hell you know all the tea like that especially old girl who was a virgin who who wasn't a virgin no more i'm like how did you know she's not a virgin how you know she how you know she out here giving up the puta maybe he how you know on their on their body i mean but still you know what i'm saying like how you know you don't know that she could have been saving. They could have been saving themselves for marriage. Uh-huh. They could have, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Now, granted, I'm just saying they could have. Not everybody is like me who had their legs open since 14. Not everybody is like me. 14? <laughs> well, technically 15. But, like, what? you know, like, I, you know, I, I was experimenting at 15. Wow. Don't judge me. You were brave. <laughs> I definitely did not try at 15. No. I was I was actually very curious. I was very curious. And plus in South Carolina, what else is there? What else is there to do? This is true. This, this is, is true. like is like literally it, even though my city, my Morris is a city, it was surrounded by nothing but like counties and small other like small other counties. So like even though we were a city, it was still pretty bland and lame. So it was like all we had was the three high schools, and that was mainly about it. And I'm all. So it was like, oh, oh, and a movie theater. So it's like, well, what do you do? Like when you're when you're bored, what it's do you do? Fair. You you Why screw around. <laughs> you screw around. Like that's what you do. So it's just like Watch oh, okay. that's what you do. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> yes. Well, yes. I, I and I did a lot of that too. I, you know, I did a lot of watching Power Rangers. I'm not even gonna lie to you. And I'm pretty sure that I, that I probably would have been doing a lot more if I hadn't been watching Power Rangers. <laughs> so Power Rangers kind of saved me. But no, like, and to be truthfully honest with you, like speaking of, um. I guess I can I can share this story since we are in the month of June. Um, as far as like, you know, having coming out and all that stuff. Um, I guess I could probably share my story um uh, real fast. Uh so 
basically, I was never in, really in the closet. <laughs> the end. <laughs> um, yeah, I never really was in the closet. Um, the only people who really just, I never really actually told was my parents at the time. Like, all my friends knew, my brother and sister knew, um, you know, pretty much everybody knew what the tea was, um, you know, except for my parents, which I'm, which they knew, they just never said anything, but they knew, you know, it was just kind of one of those situations where it was just like, uh, well, I'm not going to ask you. So, you know, it is what it is. But I never really had a situation where I was like, oh, my God, like, I'm so terrified to tell my parents or whatever like that. You know what I'm saying? But my parents, they really just kind of, it was really kind of one of those situations where it was just kind of like, uh, we know, you know, like, we know what's up, but we're not going to, you know, we're not going to be mad at him or anything <laughs> like that. It was like that video where the... Uh... The mom opened up. The, she was talking to her son. She opened up the closet. Like, oh, you you ready yet? Close right. You ready yet? Oh, are you ready oh, yet? You ready? You ready to come out? You ready to come out of the closet? <laughs> Man, that's kind of what it was. Like high key, it really was. It really was that kind of that kind of situation because they already knew. It was just kind of like we just waiting on you to tell me. I'm just waiting on you. You know. Um, and yeah, that's basically kind of what it was. So what the fuck? Yeah, like, it's just that's just what it was. It was just kind of one of those situations where it was just like, they knew. So I never really had a situation of like, oh my God, you know? But I did kind of have a similar situation with her in high school where it was just kind of like, yeah, I felt awkward about, you know, being able to do certain things and stuff like that because I couldn't outwardly be with my boyfriend because my boyfriend at the time was DL. Like, he was very much not out of the closet. <laughs> so, you know, we had to do a lot of things in secret. Um, he was a part of ROTC. So, um, which we both were. We both were in the ROTC, but I was just, like, extremely open. Um, and, you know, he was very much in the closet. I, I had no intentions of going into the military, but he did. So, um, so yeah, like there was a lot of, you know, kind of like a lot of fear with him as far as like coming out of the closet and things of that nature. Um, and yeah, that's just basically kind of what happened. Uh, but other than that, like I said, I basically always lived my life open, openly, and I never really had any issues with, um, with being, being in the closet. Now, um, one thing I will say though, and one thing that I did not like in the movie and that's just, and I, and I understood the girl's point of view. I understood the lead's point of view in this. But one thing I just didn't like was the fact that she got mad at the girl because she didn't, she didn't want to come out at the time. And it was almost kind of like she was forcing her to, where it was like, tell your mom, tell your mom, tell your mom. And it's like, girl, like, you don't know how this could have went. You know what I'm saying? And just because your parents exactly. gave up on you, that's 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 a hard thing to put another person through. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's one of them situations where it's like, okay, yeah, your parents, you know, stop fucking with you because they're terrible parents. But I don't want to be put in that same situation. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to be, you know, put in the same situation that you had to go through. Like, that wouldn't be fair to me just because, you know, just because you went through it. Now you're going to try to put me through it, too. You know, that's not fair to me. So I could understand 
from her, from the uh, from Alyssa's point of view, you know, Emma didn't really have a right to try to force her out of the closet. Mm-hmm. Um, I so, feel like she was really like pushing her and trying to give her the ultimatum, and then yeah, end, you know what? F it. If it means that we're gonna be broken up, and that's what it shall mean, because it was not cool and. At the end of the day, though, too, you have to understand where she's coming from. Just because you were willing to give up your whole family and your grandmother was willing to take you in, that doesn't mean that she has anyone else to turn to. Exactly. And mm-hmm. and that and that's what that's my point. Exactly. That's my point exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm, at the same time, you gotta remember she's, you know, a, a teenager. She's of course. Selfish. Of course. She's thinking of about uh, she's she's so excited about having this moment with her girlfriend she's so in love so i i understand but i also understand the other way of it it, it, it definitely was very selfish but the, but the thing wasn't is, thinking right but the thing is like i think what what boggles my mind is like she went through it she knew what that feeling was like she knew what it was like mm-hmm. to be rejected so why would you push your girlfriend to do the same thing again being in love and all that stuff it's one thing but to push your girlfriend to do something that you were able to do that doesn't mean she's ready for that yet. Yeah, yeah. And, and and that was and that's the part that got me. And I guess for me, being even even being a 15-year-old at the time, well, I was 16 when I was dating him, but like uh no, I was 15. I was 15. Um, I was 15. And even then, I kind I felt I had that mindset that I have now, which is like, because I knew you know, going, going into it, you know, cause I had, uh, I had somewhat of a big, a big brother in a sense, um, kind of, you know, someone to talk to, which I'm pretty sure a lot of, a lot of daughters don't have, but I had someone to, t- to talk to and, you know, he basically kind of set me straight in a sense, <laughs> set me straight but he kind of <laughs> he kind of got me together in a sense and was just kind of like you know you're dealing with somebody who's not quite ready to be out yet you know what i'm saying and there's certain things that you kind of have to hold space for like you can't push him to do certain things because if he's not ready yet that's gonna put you know a that's gonna put a uh 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 it's going to put, it's going to strain your relationship. If you're just constantly trying to push him to be out, be out, be out, be out, be out. Like it's going to, it's going to put a strain on your relationship. And that's why we were together for almost two years. Well, no, we were together for over two years, I believe. But that's why we were together for so long because of the fact that I understood, okay, I can't push this guy out. Like the only way that he'll be ready to come out is when he's ready. And, you know, that's just, it, it was what it was. Like we, you know, we were together until, you know, he graduated from high school. Um, and then after that, he went to the military and basically we never spoke like that again. Um, but, um, but yeah, like it, it is what it is. It's, it's one of those situations where it's like, you know, when dealing with someone who's in the closet and who's not ready and they know they have things that they may lose, that does make people feel like I can't, you know, I can't, I can't be open. I can't come out and, you know, express, you know, the fact that I love what I love. You know what I'm saying? And it's either you are 
either you know being the person who is out of the closet at that point it's like either you hold space for that or you don't and you decide that you want to move on and find somebody else that is going to be open with you you know yeah, no, um, yeah. I, I was pretty annoyed with her character, too, because like at one point when she seemed like she was thriving, I was like, this is great. She made that whole beautiful song that's quote unquote went viral and she did really well. And then I thought, OK, like she was just going to move on with it, do her own thing. But then she decided to go back and be stupid about things. I'm just like, no, 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 thank you. This is not cool. <laughs> about this. Yeah, yeah. I, mm, I don't know. Like it. That was one thing I really didn't. Now, I will say, I, I, I felt for her during the whole prom situation. When they told her that, oh, the prom was in the gymnasium, but they had a whole separate prom at the Elks Lounge. I'm screwed up. I was like, that's fucked up. Like, y'all ain't had to do that girl like that. That, that was, was dirty. And then, and then on top of that, that was like, that was like a whole ass bullying situation that whether or not they wanted to admit it. You basically got together. And then th- that no one really bothered me with that too was that the parents all gained up to bully a child. Mm-hmm. A child. Their hate, their hate was, was too great. And yeah. And I was like, how is that okay? Why has no one addressed that? Well, I mean, it all goes back to, you know, what we see currently in, in our current day, day climate. It's, it's one of those situations where it's like, oh, no, I'm doing this because, you know, my belief says this is wrong. But yet and still what you're doing, what your beliefs, what you claim your beliefs are saying is wrong. What you're doing about it, though, is it's inherent. It's bullying. That's exactly what you're doing. And the Bible clearly states to obviously love thy neighbor as you love yourself. Like that's what the Amen. Bible states. Right? So right? it's like exactly what the Bible states. Exactly. It's like okay, yeah. And then of course people always want to come up with the love, love the person, hate the sin. It's like okay, yeah. but also you talking about love the person, hate the sin. But what are you doing? Because, because obviously you're you're not letting that person live their life. You're and still butting in every five minutes, trying eight. to tell them, you know what I'm saying? You're yeah. wrong, and I'm not going to support you. You right. know what I'm saying? So you're then, still causing harm to them in some sort of way. Exactly. And then the other thing I do want to say, and I'm probably going to have people coming at me for this. I, I okay. So my biggest issue too is that I I dislike it when people say, "Oh, I'm going to go to confessions." So my thing is, you're telling me... Oh, like Catholics? Yes. So you're telling me that you're going to go confess your sins, whatever you want to call it, and and then you have a do-over? I don't think that's how it works. Like, I don't think you losing your virginity and confessing that you lost your virginity is going to magically make you a virgin again. Well, it's not going to repair that hymen if you're a woman. Right? So I'm just saying. Once that thing is popped, it is gone. (laughs) Right? So I don't know. Like, I just have issues with that. And I hear people say that. Like, I think um, I was dating a guy at one point. He was Roman Catholic. And he was like, I need to go to confessions. And I'm like, I swear every week you're going to confessions. Like, what the fuck are you committing that you need to go to confessions every freaking week? And this is the reason why I also think that uh, religion is rooted is deeply rooted in misogyny because only men can actually get away with that. Facts. And it's men just, are oh, the only ones like, who can actually get away with that. 
Right. Women yeah. can't. Like, no. like I said, you can't repair, you cannot repair your hymen. You can't. No. Once that's gone, that's gone. And that's another reason why in in religion, they're so misogynist towards women and, uh, bl- and blame a lot of things on women because of that simple fact. Women can't magically say, oh, I'm going to reverse so-and-so or whatever, because once that's done, that's done. You know what I'm saying? Yep. But men, yep. any, at any point, men can go, oh, I went and repented about this and lie and say, oh, yeah, this is done. I never did that anymore. They can say all day, I've never done it. You can't prove it yep. because you don't have evidence. Yep. So, yeah, I repented. You know, somebody somebody can easily say, oh, yeah, I was gay at one point. Like a guy can say I was gay at one point and then be like, well, but I repented and, you know, went and was like, oh, no, I'm no longer gay. But literally go and marry a woman. And now all of a sudden you come to find out years later, this mug done had like four boyfriends and cheated on you and went to sex parties. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> With a bunch of men. Like, you right. know, so it happens. Yeah. So that's 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 the one that's the one thing I definitely wanted to bring up. And I and I dislike that so much, right? Because it's just I guess it goes back to the movies where they're saying, like, oh, you know, the Bible says this, the Bible says that, and you know, and all these like these um these parents that are supposed to be strong believers go ahead and bully this child for no other reason than the fact that they were in power. Right. Right. What they wanted for their town, for their prom, for their whatever. And it's like, well, why do you get to decide? I'd lost so much. You weren't God. Right. And not only that, they're like, Oh, well we don't want. And and that's the one thing that really, I didn't understand about the movie as well, where they were like, Oh, well in the PTA, the PTA decides the prom and all that stuff. But it's like, okay, I hear that, but also it's for the kids. And if you're telling, uh, if you're telling the kids that only straight people can go to prom, like, what does that mean for like the other kids who, you know, aside from even her, because she's not the only lesbian at the school. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, the there are others there. Yep. She's, she just happens to be the only open one. Everyone else was just hush, hush. Exactly. And I'm pretty, and, and, and there may also have been mother, other open ones, but it just was like, I'm not going to say nothing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to shut my mouth and I'm let her fight this, this war yeah. by herself. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Because, listen, so it happens. She's it happens. You. <laughs> Baby. Because I'm sorry, you seen them daughters at the end. You seen them daughters walking in. One had one daughter walked in with a whole wig on it and had a stitch of makeup on. You knew that was you knew that was we all knew that was a boy. He came in with a whole wig on and a dress. I said, now daughter, at least slap some eyeshadow on. (laughs) Give us a little little lash. Child ain't even tried. Just put on a whole wig and said, here we go. Oh my god. But you know, I'm I'm just saying, like, I mean, we we like I said, I, I just feel like it was a whole situation where it was just her by herself, but she op but because of her, she allowed other queer people to, you know, go and you know live their truth at prom with their with their significant others, which I thought was beautiful. But at the same right. time, I do kind of find it messed up that she was in this thing by herself exactly. and not one of them decided that, oh yeah, I'm I'm gonna come out and help you girl. No, they was no. just like, yeah, no. He had to turn to the internet for help. She had to find people from other states to help. She had to like search why and hide for help. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Pokemon Go? <laughs> 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 she on the app at school. What? <laughs> Let me find some daughters. Let me find some daughters to help me. 
doing? It's like that Pokemon song, you know? I don't remember how it goes, but like searching Gotta Pokemon. catch them all, Pokemon. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, let me find some daughters to help me. All of them was like, child, I ain't helping you. Not today. <laughs> well, not, not ever until you win your battle. Right, right, right. When you win, yeah, girl, I'm going to celebrate. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I just think overall the messaging was just so contradictory. Like it goes from one end to the next and you're like, I don't know what who I'm rooting for anymore because I feel like you're all shitty assholes. And I'm I'm over this. Too many fucking songs. Too long. Right. Right. Like what what I don't understand what you want from me. I you know I was rooting for the main girl, but then she was all like up in her feelings about her girlfriend. And then the whole school is just shitty. Like everyone in it is just really shitty. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know. Like I just feel like at the end of it. Did they even redeem themselves or did they it was it just forgiven because they come felt like I felt like some of them were forgiven and some of them did redeem themselves. Like I do kind of feel like Nicole Kidman's character, she redeemed herself. Because oh, uh, in a yeah. way, the way that she, you know, helped Emma in the end, like she, you know, when she had that talk about um her being, you know, the only always on always the course girl and yeah. never the lead, you know, yeah. but now she's being, she realized like, oh shit, like. You know, here I was trying to do all of this when in actuality, now I understand how, I, you know, I understand how you feel based off of, you know, how I how I've been constantly rejected, you know. So I do kind of feel like she was redeemed in a sense because she was able to come to an understanding. Right. Right. Um, uh, Jim was his, not Jim. Jesus. Um, James. What is his name? James Corden. James, yeah. Right. Him, his yeah. character. Oh, redeemed he was redeemed from the beginning. for sure. Yeah, he was definitely yeah. redeemed. The only one that I felt like was just kind of forgiven was oh, Meryl like, Streep's character. Yeah, she was the only one that was just kind of like forgiven. She wasn't really redeemed because she no. was still basically the same person by the very end. She was, <laughs> like, she was basically the same person. I, she just gave some I, money. In a yeah. sense, I kind of um, I let her get away with it because it's Meryl Streep. She was like one of my well, favorite. Well, yes, yes, it's Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep, like, yes. of course. Yeah, like of course you're gonna let her go. It's like she's Meryl Streep. She can do whatever the fuck she wants. That's not cool though. Like you can't just let her get away with murder because she's Meryl Streep. Well, I mean, we let her get away with it all the time. I mean, this woman has literally won an Oscar for just being in the movie for three minutes. I mean, we let her get away with a lot. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. I agree. All all I'm saying is like that needs to change. You know, like. Just as overall oh, movie, like absolutely, like she was just there. I feel like she was just there to bring the ratings up. I don't think she was there for any other reason. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, and plus, too, like the woman is. I'm not going. I'm not going to take away all of her things. I mean, the woman, the woman is a phenomenal actress, but well, for sure, like I we've mean, seen numerous not times. Not needed for yeah. The not needed. Well, yeah. I mean, but yeah, like. But we've, but like you did say though, like we've seen numerous times where, you know, unfortunately, award shows are not very, you know, they're not very fair, you know, when it comes to like presenting people with awards and stuff and things of that nature. Like they're not normally fair to other people because sometimes other people win when they shouldn't because the people who they're going against were actually 10 times better and actually did the work and actually you know did these you know fabulous performances and was in it for the entire movie and they did real 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 work and you know here comes someone like Meryl Streep not 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 trying to down her but here comes someone like Meryl Streep who was just in a movie for three minutes 
and they gave her some prosthetics and the woman wins a, wins a whole oscar and she beats you out you know what i'm saying like that's kind that's kind of that's kind of messed up um so yeah the awards are definitely really unfair when it comes to that um but for sure i really do think that her character in this movie was more so forgiven you know she was she hadn't really changed i mean she did change a little bit but she only changed because she had, you know, because she was forced, because she was forgiven. That's the only reason why she was really actually changed, because she was allowed to be forgiven. But other than that, and she, like, to be fair, also she did, she was touched by the story after actually meeting Emma and seeing the things that she was going through. And yeah, um, she, she wasn't actually life changing, like. I'm gonna like put more into this. I'm gonna help her. I'm gonna do everything. Like exactly what Brenda said. At the end of it, she just donated a bunch of money. That was it. Yeah, that was really it. Like, and I mean, yes, she was touched she by her story. Sorry, even then she didn't want to do it. Yeah. Right. And 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 that's the thing. It was like it wasn't so much that she was touched by her story, because like all of them found out her story, like towards the beginning of the movie. They all found out when they actually got to meet her. And they actually got to understand the situation. They all, well, that was more the middle of the movie. But when they all kind of figured it out, it was like, oh, this is actually a bigger mess than we thought. But the gag is, it was like, even then when she figured it out, remember when she went to go meet Key in his his office, you know what I'm saying, the principal, when she went to go meet him, she was still being her arrogant self. Like, she really didn't learn anything. Like, she wasn't really redeemed. Like, her character was just kind of like, mm, yeah, I mean, I, you forgave me. You know what I'm saying? You forgave me because you recognize that I'm a piece of crap and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do better. You know what I'm saying? So, it, it, and then her trying to be better was when she ended up giving them her black card so that she, they can use it, you know, to fund the prom. That was her basically being like, okay, you know, you forgive, you're trying to forgive me, so I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna do my best to help, you know. But it wasn't. I still feel like at the end of the day, she's still kind of the same person. Like I, like out of all of them, the only person that I feel like would have probably reverted back to who they were is her. Like everybody else, I felt like would have been doing things a little bit differently. The only person who I felt like would have who really wouldn't have changed that much is Meryl Streep's character. Like, she would have changed, but not as big as everybody else. I don't know. Maybe that's me. But I, I just feel like her character, like we said, she, if we were going by, like, redeemed or forgiven, she was more forgiven, not really redeemed. Yeah, she was definitely more forgiven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but overall, though, like, and even the uh, the other guy, um, and I also kind of feel like the, the one who became a teacher, um, the Trent dude, Mm-hmm. Even him, he was forgiven. Mm-hmm. Like, because I mean, he really wasn't. He really wasn't redeemed all that much. He didn't do much. He really didn't. He really didn't. Like, he just basically set the kids straight, and he got a job. He got a whole <laughs> teaching job, right? I was like, "What? That's all he had to do? This is ridiculous." I'm like, eh, "Okay, all right, girl. All right, show. This is interesting." But, but I mean, other than that, I mean, yeah, the movie definitely was more so about the the actors and not so much the um, not so much the kids. Which I mean, I would like, you know, like you said, I would have definitely loved to see more of them. But overall, I'm just kind of like, 
You know, they they really they they serve their purpose as being like the mean girls. Right. And you know, they and then they learned the error of their ways. And then they were like, okay, we apologize. And that was it. Right. That was it. So overall, I guess how would you rate the movie? Um, if I were to say yeah. out of one out of five, I would, the oh, the movie as a whole, I would probably, you know what? I would give it the. Yeah. Mm. I, okay, I'll it's go. weird because I'm between a three and a four. I'm between a three and a four because, okay. to be truthfully honest, like I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. Uh, I, I actually enjoyed it. There was a lot of things that I really did enjoy. Like some of those yeah. jokes, I was hollering. Ah. Especially when they were like, well, there's an Applebee's. I was like, oh, I no. screamed when they were like, well, do you have any five-star restaurants? And I'm like, <laughs> when he said, what, like a place where you can like sit down and eat. And he was like, uh, well, we have an Applebee's. I literally hollered. Cause I'm like, Applebee's? Applebee's is like the lowest of the low when it comes to like restaurants. Like, oh my I God. So what did you guys think? Like, how would you rate it? For me, two and a half. It was too long for me. And I hate musicals. Hate them. Okay. I did it for Nico, okay? Wow. Um, I would give it a three. three. I I enjoyed it. It was just too long. Yeah, it was long. Okay, so now for Nico's character, what is your rating? (gasps) There wasn't (laughs) enough for some um, Girl, listen, I one and a half for me. Okay, he was kind of a douchebag. Listen, I believe he did his job. He did his job. Yeah. Um, now what I will say though, and I'm not trying to pigeonhole him in any way, in any way, shape, or form. But if this is the same type of character that he's playing on, um, on uh the new American, American Horror, Horror Story. Story? If this mm. is the same kind of character he playing, then I am going to believe that this is a part of who you are. Because <laughs> once again, like this is like he was literally kind of playing Calvin. I'm not gonna lie to you; it felt like Calvin. It just felt like Calvin as as a bigot. Just saying, <laughs> he didn't transform to me in, in this role. Um, he felt very similar to Calvin. Now, once again. Maybe because he's playing a teenager, you know, maybe that's the feel that I'm getting that he's playing a teenager and, you know, that's just his version of a teenager. And that's what's that's what's getting him his coin. Listen, do your thing, bro. Do your thing, baby. But it does feel like he was just playing Calvin as a bigot. Uh, Um, That's fair. And that. I was just like, oh, okay. I mean, I mean, and don't get me wrong. Calvin was kind of a douche too. So, <laughs> so it's like, you know, I'm just like. Ah, so then your overall rating would be a two? <laughs> no, my overall rating. Well, it'll probably be a three. Oh, it'll be a three. wow. Okay. You gave him a really It'll big. be a three. Okay. I'm being, wow. and. and and oh. I'm, I'm only giving oh. him a, a three, a middle of the road. I'm only giving him that only because of the fact that he was not really in the movie that much. Wow. To where I can accurately 
you know, give a full, you know what I'm saying? Like a right. full thing, you know? Right. Um, now, should he have been in the movie a lot more and it was more about the characters, like more about the kids? And, you know, he was just playing it that, you know, he was just playing it that way. And there was no nuance and stuff like that because basically that's really what it was. Like he just basically was playing one flat nuanced character, very much like Calvin. You know, he was just playing that flat character. So it's just like, okay, well, if that's what we're giving, then I can only, you know, I can only do your acting but so much. Like I know I can only give your character but so much leeway. But if it were if you if he was if it was more to the character, but he's still giving that flat performance with it. No, not, not was well, performance wasn't flat, but like he's acting it flatly, like the character is just flat. Then I would probably say, yeah, no, this character definitely is probably like a two. But since we didn't really get that much from him, nah, I'll, I'll, I'll hold space. I'll give him a three. That's fair. What about you, Will? Generous. I'm giving him a two. He just okay. wasn't. Um, he wasn't around enough, and it, it make it totally makes sense because he was a side character. I appreciated the fact that he actually had speaking roles, and we got a gist of of what his character was. But it was pretty. Um, two. Is two dimensional the right term? Uh, he had. Uh, oh, he was cer- very certain. He was certainly two dimensional. He was so he, he was very yeah. two dimensional. Yeah. So we we he you know we saw that he was an uneducated bigot, and then he was educated by the end, and he he learned. So that was nice. But um, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we got one and a half, two and a three. So okay, so overall that's not too shabby, and you're absolutely right. Like, yeah, it was. Yeah, I'm. Well, let's put it this way. I don't think I will personally be rewatching the movie anytime soon. Again, I'm glad I did it, but I'm over it. I think. Yeah. Um, I think I'll. Um, I'm going to tell <laughs> one of my close friends about this uh, movie because he likes stuff like this. So I'll probably watch it again. Oh, he likes um, musicals. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, it was like it. a live. It was like a live action Disney movie in a sense. It was. It was. It actually was like a live action Disney movie. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, guys, we definitely want you to check the movie out for sure. Like, we want you to check it out. Um, and if, if you want, you know, because I'm telling you now, if you don't like gay things, then you probably don't want to. And that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. You have your preferences. Everybody does um, for whatever reason, you know, whether it could be bigoted or not. You know, you have your preference. Um, but yeah, definitely if you just want something that is like very just it, it was harm it was heartwarming at some parts. It really was. Um, and you just in, enjoy and you like musicals, this is this is a good movie. This is a good movie for you. I love musicals. So that's why I'm stuck between the three and the four. Because I love musicals. <laughs> like I was like, oh my god. But then I was like, ooh, some of these songs are a little too long. But yeah, like, you know, definitely check it out. All right. Well, my name is Brandon. I am Lena. And I'm Will. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye.